You're listening to the 12th Region Sports Podcast, brought to you by Seabold Heating and Air. Your local Grippo's man, Chris Hazlett, and Jay Whitus Designs. Let's get it. Welcome back to the 12th Region Sports Podcast. This is episode way up there. We don't know where we're at. We're <laughs> keeping track of that. Uh, but this is Cool Kenny G, and I'm joined by Vitamin C, Jimmy Clarkson, and the Grippos man, Chris Hazlett, for this episode. Listen, we got a good episode for you. We're going to talk football real quick, talk about the state championship game between Corbin and uh, Boyle in 4A, and then we're going to move on and we're going to do a big preview for the basketball boys and girls, 12th region. We're going to do our best. We're not going to hit everything. Remember, it's preseason. The more we see these teams as the year goes on, the better we'll be able to talk to everybody and, and you know, and, do, and and give them a little bit more of a, um, you know, put a little more, more in depth on, on each team. But right now, this is just a preview because basketball season starts next week, I think. And yes. uh, but let's just let's let's talk football. We got one week left. We got Boyle and Corbin for a state championship. Boyle's the only team that made it to the state championship game in our area. Let's give Southwestern a big shout out. Um, played a remarkable season. Had a lot of fight, and uh, you know a Bowling Green team that just seemed to. I mean, they had everything going for them the other night, and 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 Southwestern has had a habit of falling behind this year, and then battling back i think uh bowling green got out to a, a, a lead to where they couldn't recover and uh but that doesn't matter southwestern had a great year nothing to hold their heads down about you always want to make it a little further uh, but there's only a few like there's only six teams that end with the win so um just shout out to southwestern real quick but anyway Boyle and corbin what's your thoughts guys talk to me first i'll oh, let you start with that first. one Oh, you gonna let me go first? Okay. Um, no, I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought this is where we all expected all along. Um, you know, especially in four A, you know, it was always, it was always going to be that matchup that you thought it was going to be Corbin versus Boyle in the four A. That was everybody's dream matchup, you know. And um, you know, going along with it, it seemed like Corbin, you know, pretty much looks like they've got the best defense, and then. Going up against Boyle's high-powered offense, so this is going to be a matchup that's going to be interesting, and I'm going to be there to watch it. Hey, Chris, <laughs> I can't wait. What are you doing in the background, Chris? What are you doing? Are you eating? Grippo? Yeah, what is he doing? He's I got a Grippo. No, I got a Hall's cough drop. Oh, oh. I was going to say we pick up everything. On here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but all right, Chris, it's your turn. What are you thinking? Uh, well, we pretty much called this from the beginning of the season. I pretty much said that I thought Corbin was the best team in 4A. Um. Bull County was, you know, right there with them, but Boyd kind of struggled. You know, I thought they dropped a little bit, you know, throughout the season, but they've gotten back to where they needed to be to be in that contention for the top team in 4A. So it's going to be a close game. It is going to be a battle, man. Like, so there for a stretch, you know, Corbin didn't allow a point. 
five games. They didn't allow a point. And then the last couple games in the tournament, state tournament, they had some – they gave up some points. You know, and so I'm not saying they're, they're not – they're playing – they're not playing as good, but all of a sudden their invincibility is not there anymore. You know what I mean? A, a bull, yeah. A bull yeah, county but, looking at that, you know, I, bull will score on them. They will. But you got to look – they're giving up points to the best teams. I mean, yeah. it's going to be – it's hard for anybody to shut Johnson Central down. Franklin you know, County. Franklin County and Bull County down. Yeah. The, the thing is, is you try to hold them, you know, at least 21 and under to where you think you can score 21 or more. And now, okay, so with that, I'm saying <clears throat> Boyle's going to put points on the board. Now, the question is, will Boyle's defense slow Corbin down? You know, is this the best defense Corbin's faced all year? I think, I think, I think it's going to be what. One of the two best defenses it's seen all year. I think Johnson City or Johnson Central is right there with Bull County on probably and Corbin being the best defenses in four A. Um, I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think you're going to see like a a fourteen to seven, fourteen to ten game. I think it's going. To, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I agree with Chris on that too, Kenny, because like. You know the past as past years in Boyle County years, you know Boyle was was getting running clocks on people. Well, this past year, I think you know they they've been having to to you know extend games out, and I think that that's preparing them for this game that they got coming up at Corbin, because I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to come down to to you know one play. I mean, I just I just think that it's going to be the matchup that everybody's been wanting to see for a long time. Okay, you you bring up a great point, and I want you to hold on to that. Remember one play. Okay, yeah. one play. When I come back to you, I want you to remind me of that. But all season long, I thought Corbin was the team, was the team. And early in the year, in, a, in one of our earlier podcasts, I made a comment about Bull County. I said, what's going to happen when they get punched in the mouth? What's going to happen when adversity hits? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, adversity hits, and they come out on the other side stronger than ever. This Bull County team right now is playing the best football it's played all year. Yeah. Okay. Perfect timing. So, now what did I tell you to remind me of? <laughs> one play. <laughs> one play. Who's the one kid on the field that can change the game with one play? Yeah, it's it's and Quisenberry. I mean, that's that is correct. obviously. In a close game, the kid that can make a play from anywhere, offense or defense, is the difference maker. So, therefore, I'm taking Bull County 24 to 17 for a three-peat state champion. Hey, I'm going to agree, but I'm also going to disagree. Uh, Quisenberry can't make that play, but I'm going to tell you the one kid that has done it for Bull County and he's on the other side of the ball is Mr. Mm-hmm. Stone. Yeah, yes. I agree. I mean, when you need big-time interceptions and, and key stops on your defense, it seemed like I heard his name an awful lot these last two games. So, guys like that stepping up makes it a whole lot easier for you to get the ball in Quisenberry's hands. That's right. All right, guys, give me your picks. And score. Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 21-24, boy. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Um. I think the Boyles going to win 21-24 in a close game. I, I just you – know, you got kids on Boyles that's been there for – you know, this is going to be their fourth straight, you know, state championship. So – or fourth straight ch- 
championship appearance. Um, so, you know, you got those seniors that are ready to, uh, you know, take back control of that. Turkey so. back there or what, Chris? Yeah, what I'm, is he doing? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm trying to get – I'm just getting excited. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> what, what my pick's going to be. Oh, <laughs> so, Jimmy got boiled 24 to 21. Mr. Hazlett, the guy that told me for before the season ever started that Corbin was the real deal, been on the Corbin train all year long. And I don't see it changing now. So let's roll with it. No, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Corbin to win. I'm gonna go twenty one to ten. Um, mm. I think I think I think they're 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 they're, they're kind of similar, but I think Corbin's got you know more depth. They're I think they're legit thirty to thirty five <laughs> kids football strong on that team. Bull County's explosive, but man, I tell you what, I seen Johnson Central up close and personal. I really thought Johnson Central would be playing bull, you know, once the year got going on. Man, they they they, they held Johnson Central in check, and and even though they scored points on them, Johnson Central's a legit deal. So I'm still picking mm-hmm. Corbin to beat Bull County. There you have it. The Grippos man, Chris Hazlett, picks Corbin over Boyle. And now I will be honest with you. My head says Corbin, but my gut says Boyle. Well, and- I've been listening to some other things, and I just think I believe in the whole Cinderella. Mm-hmm. They Corbin's not won a state title since they were talking that Tommy Greer was in in the eighties when he was there, and now that he's back as the head coach, and you know he's leading them to the state championship, and they're playing Coach Haddix that you know. You know, Tuckum took you know a, a state championships before. Yeah, that's uh, a story we're not even talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's I, I'm I'm on the Tommy Greer bandwagon right now. I think Tommy Greer is a great coach, and I believe I just believe in that Cinderella type, and I believe that he's gonna he's gonna get Corbin that state title that he won them back in the eighties. All right. Well, there you have it, guys, and. Uh... That will do our football podcast season. <laughs> so it's, it's officially time to move on to the round ball sport that I so much love and Jimmy loves and Chris kind of loves sometimes. But anyway, let's talk, let's talk <laughs> 12th region basketball. And now listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to just hit on each team a little bit. Uh, give everybody a minute or two, maybe a mention. We're not going to get everybody great because we just haven't seen everybody yet. You know, it's hard to know who's what and, and outside of just what little bit of info we can get off the internet or, um, you know, I haven't got to see many, many scrimmages yet. But once the season starts and we start rotating around to these games, we'll be able to get a better idea of who is who and what's what. Um, let's just start. Girls basketball, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't matter where you start at. Let's just talk girls basketball. We can start north, head south, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Well, if I go start from my list I've got, I'm just going to go in order because that's how I end up doing it with KHSA. So, I'm okay. going to start out with alphabetical order. We're going to start with Boyle. Um, they're coming off 11-16 and 16 season. Uh, head coach is Ryan Wiersma. You know, they got – they got one pretty good athlete coming back. She played 27 games, Peyton Bug. She was 12.9 points per game. She had 6.2 rebounds a game. Um, you know, she's a guard. She handles the ball well. She's smart. 
Um, you know, and you know, they're going. They got. They're pretty young coming back, so they're they're a team that's going to look to compete in the forty fifth. Um, you know, some of the other notable players that we didn't mention or I have not mentioned yet is Ella Coffey. She's ten point two points per game and five point nine rebounds per game. She's one that's she was one of the top free throw shooters in the state last year, and I didn't realize that until yeah. looking well, at research. The uh, uh, the thing about the that, that district when it comes to girls basketball, it's not really stout. I, I'm just, yeah. You know, we're just going to be honest. DCA is DCA is probably the best team in that district. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a fight for that second team that's going to get in the region. You know, and we'll talk each team, and I'm just kind of throwing out there. Boyle very mm-hmm. well – well, no, I'm sorry. There's Danville. We forget about Danville. Yeah. Boyle is right there uh, behind those two. Uh, I've watched them play. You know, I just think some games it seems like they're on. They're either really, really on or really, really off. Yeah. What you'd like to see is a little more consistency this year. But right. if they can get some consistent play, uh, get get some inside, good inside play, I, I think their guard play is really solid, to be honest with you, from what I can remember seeing. Uh, but I think they're right there in that third range in that district. And, and uh, you know, it could possibly be the second team, you know, behind Danville, DCA, or, you know, them and DCA are similar. DCA has uh, a six-foot-five girl in the middle and – that's crazy to think about, man. It's, that's crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's difficult to, uh, to, to guard that, you know. So, but anyway, Boyle does – I mean, I'm eager to see what Boyle does and, and how – this is – what year is this for Coach? Third third year, fourth year? This is his fourth year, I believe. Yeah, he, yeah fourth year. It's his fourth year. All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you and Chris talk, and I'll go get me another beverage. <laughs> Chris still eating grippos like here or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh but Boyle was ranked preseason number ten in our preseason ranks. Um but you know, Chris last year if I remember, um, you know, them and it's always nice with Boyle Lincoln games, even in the girls' side of the games, it's always still competitive uh, on the forty fifth district. So Yeah, I believe I believe uh you know, Lincoln and Boyle were kind of they, I don't think they had the seasons they wanted last year in the girls' side of basketball, but I see, I see them coming back and making. You know, even when they do play each other, it's still that great rivalry that you you never know what to expect. Yeah, we're speaking, and we'll go ahead. He's back. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, I don't take long. <laughs> I have to I have to keep my eyes on you guys. You know what I mean. <laughs> No, I just I was just telling Chris about Lincoln and Boyle and the, how the rivalry is always, you know, even the rivalry between the girls' side is still always competitive and, and it's always, you know, one of the top in the in the region. That's right. Right, Jim, uh, like you just take lead and, you know, move on to, through the teams and we'll go that way. Well, speaking of, we'll just jump over to stay in the 45th district and we'll jump to Lincoln County. Lincoln County girls were coming off a 12 and 20 season, um, and they're under the head coach. Uh, what is Jeff Jackson's son's name? I, I keep forget James Jackson. Um, you know they lost a couple. They lost a couple of kids, and I wanted to transfer to DCA, but uh, I like a girl that actually uh, to yeah. Taylor Ralston transferred to Pulaski. Baldock transferred oh, to DCA. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know the Ralston girl transferred, and yeah. the Reed, the Reed girl transferred to Casey County. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's been a mass exodus over there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Listen, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Coach Jackson's in his second year. 
Um, they haven't recovered from the Coach McCorder thing. And I, I'm not picking – I'm just saying um, Lincoln girls has always been a staple of the 12th region. They have been a, a, a staple of the 45th district. And right now they're just struggling, and, and they're in a season of drought. They've got players. Um, Emily Estes, Chloe Rawson, they have players yeah. that are going to make plays. And just, you know, they could easily – they could easily find themselves in a position right there with – I'm not going to say Boyle's way better than them. Um, you know, but they're just not the same looking county that we remember from two or three years ago. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they are in a full-blown rebuilding process. And I don't even know if you can rebuild in high school. It all depends on what talent is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, where you put people. But, you know, I, I do know, and I talk a lot of people from over there – there's not a lot of energy and hype around the girls program right now. Now the boys, everybody loves boys basketball, but you know, even them girls themselves aren't really, I mean, I watched a TikTok the other day and they were like, how many games are you going to win? They're like five. You know, <laughs> it ain't like, they, uh, and, and I know it's, you know, everybody's just doing it to be funny, but at the same time, like, you know, there, like I, there's a, there's a little bit of seriousness to every joke, or there's a little bit of truth to every joke is one of my yeah. things that I use. So, I'd like to see Lincoln have a good year. I think they got some pieces, but uh, you know, I don't know if the people over there expect it or not. I think the main the main thing Coach Jackson can do is just try to build confidence in his girls off the start. And if he builds a little confidence, you liable to see a different team coming in. And the same thing with Bull County. Once a team builds confidence and they get a few wins and see they can compete, you can start seeing things come together real quick. Yeah, Lincoln has size. I mean, size is not the problem. Now, James is going to take a page out of Coach Jeff's book, and that's slowing him <laughs> to the three zone. First yeah. one to 30 wins. But, uh, you know, Emily You know, Emily had scored 8.1 points per game last season with 5.8 rebounds. She shot 38% from the three-point line, which I thought was impressive. Um, yeah. You know, and Chloe Ralston, as you mentioned, she was 6.6 rebounds. Points per game and three point three rebounds per game. I gotta, I gotta think that those two, those two numbers for both those girls are going to go up. Um, yep. You know, for them to be, if for them to have any success, Emily needs to be in you know, about fourteen points a game and about eight rebounds a game. Yeah. I mean, she'll need to come close to doing a double, uh, double double. Chloe will have to be a senior leader, um, play great defense. Chloe's long, man. You know, she she should be a great, can be a great defender, and you know, shooting guns in that family. There, oh, I've yeah. never met a Rawson that couldn't shoot. So, uh, you know, you know, they say she's actually the best shooter of the family. I was about to ask. I wonder if her or if Colton or which one's the better shooter. I, I I just made that up, but I figured I'd take a shot at Colton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Col- Colton might jump on that, might tweet something at us, but yeah. But uh, but I like how much of a loss of the Arctic girl would you think would make an impact? Because I think well, it seemed like watching them a little bit that I saw last year. It seemed like you know she was more of a of a was the one that got him going. You know what I'm saying? What'd you so, say, Luke? Yeah, how, how much losing, of an losing Baldock and Ralston is going to hurt big time. I mean, that's two. That would be two sophomores coming in that could really, you know, you look at the next two years that could be valuable, valuable players for that team. Yo, you know, it's a big loss for both of them. Baldock started as a eighth grader. Uh, she was, she would, both of those would have been starters and probably two of your top players. So losing them 
is a huge loss, huge for them. And uh, but you know, you pull younger kids up and you develop. I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lincoln was twelve and twenty last season, so they're looking to improve on their record. And basketball starts this week, so we'll figure it out, guys. <laughs> Uh, we'll jump to Gary County now, and last year Gary County is was fourteen and thirteen, and they got a new head coach, uh, Evan Preston, this season. Um, you know, they lost a lot of girls from last year. They they lost Addison Peavy, Peavy or Peavy, yes, Peavy. She went to center. She was a graduate. Uh, Jaden Naylor, she lost her to graduation. They also lost to Quisenberry for transfer. Uh, so you know, they only returned one um, player. That's a uh, you know, that's in the scoring leaders forum last year with Sarah Jennings. She's 4.6 points per game. But losing those three, that's going to be a big impact for a new head coach, Preston. Yeah, hey, Preston. But I like his energy, man. I've talked to him a few times, and I think he's going to do okay. I, I oh, think yeah. he's going to have them well-prepared. They're going to practice hard, play hard. And, and Garrett County could be that team that sneaks up out of this district and, and surprises some people. You know, um, once you get past, like I said, Danville and then DCA, but but even you know Danville's the one team that everybody looks at like uh, they might not be touchable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then after that, anything can happen. DCA's close to being in that untouchable just because of the girl in the middle and and um, and I know how hard they work and they're year round <laughs> basketball over there. There's nothing else to do but play basketball. So. <laughs> And then the, the girls' basketball, they ain't allowed to do much other than play basketball. <laughs> uh, but anyway, another story for another day. They, yeah, Garrett, uh, Garrett County is just another one team. I mean, they're just they're going to be young and just building confidence in, in, in a young team is just going to be key. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll jump to Danville then as we're jumping on, staying in the 45th. Uh, Danville's coming off a 27-5 and five season under head coach Judy Mason. They were the regional semifinals last season. They lost to Mercer County 69-76. to 76. Me and Kenny were at that game, I believe. Uh, Love Mays is one of the returning stars for them. They were 13 – she averaged 13 points a game, four rebounds a game. Uh, Desiree Tandy – it's 13.5 points per game and 7.9 rebounds per game. Um, you know, she's – a Judy Mason team is always hard to beat. You know, I, I yeah. remember having her as a as a teacher in school when she was at Boyle and I was great when I was there at school. And, and she was always hard. Like, she was always making sure that everybody was doing the right thing the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, playing for a, a coach like Judy Mason, I mean, you got to – they're going to be ready no matter what. Yeah, well, I just—I tell you what—we were at that game, and I felt Danville was way better than what they played against Mercer. Yeah, don't get me wrong, Mercer—they did what they had to do, and, and Mercer is going to be a very, very dangerous team this year as well. Uh, but when you got Mays and Tandy, that's a—that is a—I um, like the Tandy girl a lot inside. She's long, she's athletic, tall. She she's got moves. She can run the floor. If they find the right mix of, you know, a type of game where, and, you know, I don't know the other pieces that they're going to bring in to, to replace. Um, yeah, the anchor twins. twins. Yeah, you know, the twins. Um, but they will be athletic. They will be able to guard, you know, and maybe even they might be a better defensive team this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm eager to see how they play out. I, and I, I'm, I'm really, got to be re- really careful how I say this um, because – I don't 
I mean, but I'm just going to be really honest. I don't care anymore. But yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> I thought they underachieved for that team last year. I thought they should have beat Mercer and played at least in the region championship. Not taken away from Mercer. Mercer did what they had to do. They played great. But that was not Danville basketball um, for Danville girls basketball that day. And I think, you know, anybody watching the game would probably have told you that, that they just didn't look good in that game. And uh, it showed in the score. But this year – they're going to be the they're the top team in that district. They will be competing for a region title again, and uh, you know a lot of people had them as the region favorite. Like, like very few people thought that someone other than Danville was going to win. Yeah. So I'm eager to see they've got the pieces. I'm telling you, Kate and Andy are as good as any combo in the twelfth region. Yeah, they got one of the best coaches in in the. To me, really, in the state when it comes to girls' basketball. So, I'm never going to count Danville girls' basketball out on anything. No, I agree. All right, we'll jump to DCA. DCA is actually coming off 18-9 and record last season under head coach Billy Inman. Um, of course, we talked about this earlier. They returned a six foot five. What do you say, Kenny? A six foot four oh, girl. I, I think <laughs> she's probably six three, six four. Um, Grace, how do you say her last name? Mbugwa, I think is how we- 16.9 points per game, 14.9 rebounds per game. I think she was one of the only four girls in our area that was leading the state in double-doubles. Yeah. So- I I, and she can shoot it outside as good as anybody can from three. Uh, I would like to see DCA just open her game up. She can dribble. She can drive. She can do it all. She's a three-level sport. And, and yeah. I would love to see them open it up and just let her play, but – the problem is she's 6'4". How many girls do you know that are 6'4"? Yeah. <laughs> so Not very many. In the terms of winning basketball games, it's kind of like a kid in a little league. When you got a kid that's taller than everybody else and nobody can guard them, what do you do? Just yeah. feed them. <laughs> you throw <laughs> them in the clock and you let them play ups. And, and that's a lot of what she does. But she's so she can do so many different things, man. Her talent level is crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's It's – it's crazy, and they do work hard over there. I'm not going to lie to you. They they work hard. Billy pushes those kids uh, um, to be better, and they and they want to prove that they belong. You know, they have other pieces there. The ball dog girl, which she has not been ruled eligible yet. She's on the roster now. She wasn't on there two weeks ago, but she is now. Okay, so well, we'll yeah. see. Talk to the mom, and she said as of right now they have not heard anything. They hearing. So we'll see if she plays. Then you got then okay. So things change a lot if if the Baldock Alexia Baldock can play. Um, I well, mean that that team. I'm telling you, they're they're just not real deep. I don't think yeah. you know. Uh, what other teams have 10, 12 kids. They may have ten kids, but um, you know, in a school like that, when you only got 300, 400 kids total. Yeah, you know, there's not the talent pool at this level is not extremely um, good. Right. The one thing she's got going for her, though, and, and I would suggest that she'll probably would be eligible because it's a private school. So, you you, you know, it's not like you're in a public public school system is a little bit different than private school. So, well, it also, she should have an issue, <laughs> I would well, think. Depends on your the school you leave. So, uh, um, it, if the school that she was formerly at is fighting it, then uh, if you know even going to a private school in that this area, you still have to have a change of address or something like that. You know what I mean? 
so just because it's a private school doesn't mean that they're, they're, they don't follow certain types of rules like everybody else does. Yeah. So I don't know what the holdup is or what the, you know, the, the blocking and all that's going on. I, I just don't um, know the story, but there, you know, she could be ruled ineligible, but she'll be good to go next year and then have two years of basketball left to play. All right, we'll jump to let's see who we're missing. Who we're missing in forty? We're missing. No, that is that's it in the forty fifth district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll jump to the forty sixth district now, and I'll start with I'll start with uh, Bergen. Um, they were there's not much that I saw on them from what I could have gathered, but they were coming off an eight and twenty one season, and they got a coach, and their coach is Keith Mons- Monsoon or Monson. I'm sorry, forgive me if I say that name wrong. Um, but according to the KHSA, they lost some girls to senior or in some that are not playing. Their leading score is not playing anymore, and she was, I think she was only a sophomore or freshman. But the only returner that I've got that I can see is Bailey Turner. She played 20 games last season, and she's a six, she scored 6.5 points per game. Now, <laughs> with Bergen, their small school, you know, they always play hard. They play in a tough 46 district, so – you know. They're a small independent school in Mercer County. Um, they, you know, they go out there and they play. They participate. They try. They're, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just, you know, um, you, and I'll be honest with you, usually in those schools like that, if there's a really, really good player, would come, you know, in a school like that, you know, a great player comes along every now and then. Yeah. Usually they transfer out. Um, yeah. That always been the case, but. You know, a couple years ago when I first went to DCA, uh, Bergen had a really good team. And, yeah. you know, they they had potential to do some things, and then they go up against, you know, a Mercer County team and get beat by 30. It, yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know, they don't back down. They play, diff- they play hard and stuff like that. It's just – it's a hard place to win against teams like Mercer – and other schools. And, and that's a tough district. 46th yeah. district is tough in boys and girls. Both it's, yeah, it's not easy. It, it, yeah, you're, you're definitely in a tough spot. But, you know, the program, Bergen's got a long history, a long history of, of, of great players and, and coaches. And uh, it's a good place to be, a good school. It's just, you know, as honest as I can be, it, it's just really, really hard to win big-time basketball games there, you know? Yeah. Well, the next school is East Jessman, and, and something, Kenny, I found out interesting about this is is last year the Jeremiah Christian girl was at East Jessman, but now she is not on the roster. So, And I think she was only a junior last year. Hmm. She led them in scoring like 20 points a game, but she's not on the roster now. So I don't know what happened, maybe transfer out. But according to the roster they have, they have one returning um, score that put up multiple digits. She uh, Aisha Dean, she was 13.1 points per game. And nine point two rebounds per game. They were thirteen and sixteen last season. So, um, you know, how much of a loss of of the Jamira Christian girl would impact them? And we talked about it. it's a forty six district's pretty strong. Yeah, it's strong and having to play um, those teams. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I, I'll. Uh, East East is another place that you know. It's kind of they got. There's a lot of pride. But, you know, it's one of those – they haven't traditionally won a lot lately, you know? I mean, yeah. 
it's another part of the process. The East is one of those teams for me that I haven't got to see in a while. That uh, be able to look at see where they rank and how they do. Is that Chris still eating? Chris, you still eating? Bowls for fifteen. No, I, just to be honest, I kind of let y'all roll with it because I really don't know a lot about Bergen girls basketball. So <laughs> I know, I thought, but we still hear you over rapping. <laughs> I'm actually just sitting in the garage, leaned up against my car, watching the 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 Eagles uh, Green Bay game. Who's winning? Uh, Green Bay just scored and just turned the ball over. I think they're down down seven right now. All right, then. All right, let's keep moving on, Jim. All right, we'll jump to West Jessman, girls. Uh, West Jessman was 21-10 and 10 last season. Um, they got a new head coach this season, uh, Kenny, and I think his name is Matt Hilkins. I'm pretty sure okay. I might get that wrong. Let's stop you right there. 21-10. <laughs> yeah. Seeing what was great, I know that coach, I think that coach was only from last year at the time. I can't remember. But what happened there? What do we know? Why is why is she not the coach? Um, I'm not for sure, to be honest with you. I don't know the story. Maybe our buddy Dean Gary could, could fill us in on that when he listens to this podcast. He might be able to tell us something. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would think going 21 to 10, you would be, you would be the coach. You see. But when, exactly. It also cost them one of the best players in the area. I, I'm not saying that's the reason why. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But, but. I did one of the best players in the region last year, and she was just a – Yeah, young- she – she transferred GRC yeah. and I chestnut. <laughs> yeah. She she was thirteen point four points per game. She ended up transferred to GRC with uh her brother played football, uh Bryce Chestnut was transferred. So he was he would have been a pretty good running back for West Chessman the last couple of years. So um so West Chessman still has some good players. Claire Marshall, right? Yeah, she's at eleven point seven points per game and nine point three rebounds per game. Eight yeah. Eighth grade. Uh, crazy. They also the, lose Aaliyah Edenstrom, though. She went to Asbury. So. Yeah, that's a pretty good jump right there. But, okay, so West, West is an unknown for me. If, if you'd had the same coach and the same team from last year, I'm saying, all right, you know what? I can go with that. But you got a new coach. You're going to have a new system. Um, but there, there's, I don't know. I, I really don't know. <laughs> from them, I expect they'll – they got players that are good, you know. Uh, the Marshall girl is going to be phenomenal. Uh, young kid, she's got five years of bar- got four more years after that. Yeah, uh, team's only going to get better, and there's going to be. And I've always said, good players want to play with good players. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So don't be surprised if West Jessman more kids don't show up down the pipe. And I'm not. I'm not hurting anything. I'm just <laughs> that good players like playing with good players. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, kids at Bergen, like if you're a good player at Bergen, that you normally transfer out to like a Bull County or, or uh, Mercer, Mercer County. Just imagine being in, in that east and west up there to where you still can lose kids to Lexington Catholic, GRC. Yeah. You know, the, LCA. It, it's it's crazy yeah. what you can lose to up there. You know, I'm just glad we don't – we really don't have that down here. We got, a, we got it rough, but they've got it really bad up yeah. north. You know, if you're a Lincoln County kid, you go to either Pulaski or Boyle. Or maybe yeah. Somerset with the Ryan Young connection. Yeah. If boy or the girl, you know, the Cassandra McCorder. Uh, and, I, and, you know, there's kids and people that think about it all the time. It, it, it is what I've always said that I never knock anybody for doing what's best for their kids. Um, yeah. Whatever that 
you know, sometimes being best for that means, you know, you got to stand your ground and work hard and earn. And then there's other times when, you, you know, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. And, and that, that dictates a lot of moves. And, and I'll use this. <coughs> people don't always agree with me on this, but you look at Quisenberry. Yes, and, and Chris, he would have got recruited anywhere. I don't know if he would have got a UK offer at Garrett, but he's getting ready to play for a state team. at Garrett County. He would have never ever played this late in the playoffs. Yeah, no. Um, so there's just something that exposure <laughs> that makes it's like the like if you go play for Louisville basketball right now, you're you're not going to get it's it's done. <laughs> you go play Louisville for, basketball. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I agree with you, Chris. Like even LCA up there in that in that area, like it was always. I mean, you were either getting kids from Lexington area, they were moving out, you know, towards LCA and and Lexington Catholic, and yeah. Uh, you know, the problem being up there is you're so close to KB. Well, I guess it's KBC now. Yeah. But I mean, those kids play year round, and they're constantly around coaches just year round. So it's always like, hey, I need you know, you need to come here, you need to come yeah. here, you need to come here, you know. It's kind of a bad deal. I, yeah. I'm glad I'm not. I'm not dealing with. It. <laughs> you know where most kids are recruited. Uh, well, you know where most kids <laughs> in, invited to join other teams is AAU. AAU. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've been approached or had conversations. You know, not not seriously, but people come up to us and be like, "Hey, this or hey that," or jokingly, "Why don't you come to Clay County or you know something like that?" But anyway. Another story for another day. All right, we'll jump to the Mercer County and the end of the 46th district. Um, Mercer County has got a lot of talent coming back. They're coming off of a regional final loss to Southwestern. Um, you know, they got the Timberland East girl who's 20.9 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per game. They just, <laughs> just signed a D1 offer. <laughs> the best athlete I've ever seen in my life as far as girl go, girls go. I've never seen a girl be able to run, jump, move like she does. Yeah, it, and it's insane. It is insane, and yes, yeah, she has committed to Buffalo. Actually, I think so. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, Sign with Buffalo. Uh, they also have a Anna Drakeford, who's seven point four points per game last season. Uh, T Yeast, who is her sister of Timberland's sister, I believe, nine point three points per game. And she. Uh, he played big in the Danville game. I think she hit some big shots. Yeah. You know, early, the younger sister. And the younger sister's the – okay, so the younger – and I don't mean no disrespect. The younger sister is the better basketball player as far as control, playing the game a certain way. Timberland is by far the better athlete. But the younger sister is a great basketball player. But the, and they also play two different positions. Like right. T. Yeast is more of a point guard. Yeah. Whereas Timberland is more of a, a like a Dennis Rodman type, <laughs> like overall like a Dennis Rodman that can score. Yeah. You know, um, and Drakeford, do you think? I think Drakeford was coming off an ACL last year. Yeah. So this is our. She's been now. She'll have two full years after that. I, you know, she, uh, um, she's been playing great. I actually, I was while we were recording, I said that she may have tagged us in a highlight video that we will sure to retweet here shortly. <laughs> but um, and that Drakeford family's full of 
man. They're 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 crazy athletic. Yeah, there's a lot of athletes in that family. <laughs> Mercer, uh, Mercer is in the top of the region. Top three. Teams. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. My top two teams are going to be Mercer's one of the top two, and, and we put our preseason rankings out. We had Mercer at one. They are going to be man. They're going to be they're going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, it's are, are they're going to be loaded with talent, and can they stay locked in to the end like they did last year? So we'll they find are. out and see how how far they go. And I'm telling you what, they are well coached. Yeah, well coached. Yeah, Coach Spivey does a good job. They uh, phenomenal. I love her energy. And I'm going to tell you what, from top to bottom, the 12th region girls coaches <laughs> may be better than the 12th region boys coaches. From top to bottom. Try to make an argument with me that the, they, the girls have more talent in coaching than the boys' side does. I'll wait. There's no I, arguments. I, I think you're right. I, I mean, honest, top to bottom, Coach Molden, Coach Spidey. Um, man, I done forgot Damble's coach's name. Judy, Judy Mason. Judy Mason. I mean, um, you know, Cassandra, I mean – Cassandra's a great coach, you know. So, I mean, top to bottom, it's, it's – uh, anyway, I done made a bunch of people mad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an opinion. Uh, you all agreed with me. <laughs> yeah, me and, Chris, me and Chris will agree with you on that one. We'll get to yeah. that one. Yeah. All right, well, we'll jump to the 48th district real quick, and we'll jump to McCurry Central, which uh, they were 3-26 and 26 last season under Coach Sammy Strunk. And, uh, you know, Kenny, I think we kind of – I kind of screwed up a little bit whenever I forgot to mention this girl who returned for them. Uh, Megan Loudermilk, she was 17.4 points per game last season as a freshman. Uh, so, you know, that was my bad or not mention her as one of the of the um, players to watch in the region. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, some of, the, some of the points I mentioned here to, for talking points for them was, you know, can they get more scoring? Because it doesn't look like they have – a lot coming back other than Kennedy Creekmore, who's a junior, that mm-hmm. uh, she actually was the girl who tore her. You now I wouldn't say that she got hurt the first game of the season last year. Yeah. Um, so she, you know, she was expected to, to do a pretty good, you know, uh, scoring for them. Yeah, but we talked to her buddy, Chris Hollis down there. And, and, and uh, he was the one that was louder milk and we apologize, you know, but, uh, or no, was it? Yeah, it was louder milk. Who we yeah. Did. It was her, yeah. But, you know, and, Talked about her and Creekmore providing a good one-two combo, and that you know he just said that they don't have a whole lot of size when it comes to rebounding. So yeah, Corey Central could be one of those teams that you know if you get two good players, two good scores, anything can happen. Now yeah. defensive end, it's hard to it's hard to play great defense just two kids. So yeah. we'll see how that supporting cast comes along to help. Uh, yeah, uh, speaking of that part, then they gave up almost fifteen hundred points as a team last year in all their games. So that's a, you know, that's a as you were mentioning about defense, that's going to be a, a question mark for them to see if well, they can be able to. Listen, my number one rule: the first thing I say and the last thing I say at every practice I go to, little kids, older kids, it doesn't matter. I say, what's the most two most important things in basketball? Defense and rebounding. If you don't do mm-hmm. those, things, you're not going to win basketball games. You're just not. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll jump now to let's see, forty eighth. We'll jump now to Wayne County. So Wayne County, um, they're under new head coach Austin Shear. Mm-hmm. 
the only person that I see that's returning back for them scoring wise is a freshman Adeline or Adeline's confused. Conf- I apologize if I said her name wrong. Heatherly. Yes. Four point nine points per game. They're coming off eleven and nineteen season last year. Um you know, they're a young team. They lost a lot of scoring last season. You know, Mallory Campbell, Kenzie Uphurch. Um, can they find the scoring to contribute to wins? Yeah. Man, I, I tell you what, it's going to be rough. They, I'm looking at their roster. They got six eighth graders. Yeah, I saw six. that too. <laughs> that's, that's a, you know, when you look at the girls' rosters on all these teams, you'll oh, yeah. see some seventh and eighth graders here and there. But when you have your starting roster on, on the, you know, on the varsity here is all eighth graders. Yeah, I mean that's rough. I mean well, they're they're going to take some knocks early, but watch out for them in the future, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm I'm a firm believer in this, and I know I'm not a coach, but if I was a coach and I was in a rebuilding mode, and, and I know a lot of people won't agree with me with this, but if I've got a bunch of young kids like or freshmen, sophomores, or whatever they are, yeah, they're just as good as a senior or whatever. I'm probably going to play the younger kids because you're not going to win. <coughs> you're going to take your beatings. Get the younger kids in there. And in this situation, yeah, you're going to get your head beat in probably all year long. But guess what? You're going to be better next year and the year after. Now, and I don't know the situation down there. What I'm saying is, though, if you've got that many young kids on your roster, you're pretty close to playing it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and now I know a lot of people won't agree with that. Um, but – that's just how I feel, and I've never run a program, and I never will, so my opinion don't really matter at all. But I just – it is what it is. But, you know, in all honesty, the boys' team kind of done that last year at Wayne County, pulling up some oh, of the yeah, younger yeah. kids. And, and it really benefited them. Like, you know, the thing I like about it is you get them kids up there and you get them the experience. You know, not a lot of teams are worried about middle school championships. Yeah. So, you know – if they're that good, bring them up. And, and if you're rebuilding, go ahead and bring them up and get them built, you know, ready for the next few years. Jimmy, you want to go ahead and say your line that you say all the time? No one cares about what? Uh, You done lost me here, but no, no one no, cares. Oh, yeah. No, no one, one cares about middle school Salt River Conference championships. <laughs> that's just that's just because you never won one. <laughs> oh, I won one. I just don't care about it. No. It's all good. No, I mean, that's this thing. I mean, uh, you know, it's it, – I, I, like Chris going to mention, like I was about to say that, you know, Coach Rodney does a really good job at it, you know, and he does it at Wayne County Heat. You know, there's going to be times where you just take lumps as a coach and you're going to, you know, you're going to take beatings and you're going to, you know, you're going – but in the long run, by the time those kids become sophomores, juniors, and seniors, you know, it's going to benefit them. So, well, It's just something that we don't really see around this area with Danville, Bowl, Lincoln. Yeah. You don't see a lot of the middle school kids – you know, Jackson Smith got pulled up his eighth grade year. Oh, yeah. And that was really kind of unheard of with the feeder system that we've got over here. And I've really not seen it a lot at Bull County or Danville as well, you know, with the feeder systems that these three programs got. They really don't have to pull kids up like that. They never have to rebuild, you know, this certain amount of years or they're losing so many kids that they have to pull up. So. Right. It's just rare, you know. We don't see it until we look at Macquarie or we look at uh, Wayne County. You know, yeah. some of these other schools. And you know, yeah. something that's bigger now than what was before. <laughs> a lot of these eighth graders are freshmen, really, age-wise. Yeah, my, with the COVID year, I mean, a lot of these kids did hold back. So, well, well, even before that, you know, my son is a fourteen-year-old eighth grader, going to turn fifteen in a couple of days. 
So, you know, going to be a 19-year-old senior. Now, that's changed. Their bodies are more, uh, it's you know, they're, they're freshmen, basically, but within the rules, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But Wayne County, we'll have to talk to our buddy Trevor Shear and find out a little bit more about the girls' program and, and how they will do and, and those type things. But right now, it's just a lot of unknowns. Um, yeah, you down there with the girls program. So, so is that Austin Shear? Is that kin to the Trevor guy? No, he's not kin. <laughs> I found I found that no, they're not kin to each other. Huh. <laughs> that was one of the first questions I asked him. He's like, no. I saw him at a coach's meet at a coach's clinic this summer, and he's like, no, we're not kin. <laughs> but uh, all right, we'll ju- we'll jump to Southwestern, who's in the forty eighth district. I mean that. We know who they've got back. They got the Peyton Asa girl back. They've got Aiden Smitty back. They've got uh, Kinsley Moden back. Uh, like, <laughs> just a bunch of girls that can flat out score. Too. They they lost the girl in the middle. Is, is what they lost. But man, that Southwestern is the funnest team to watch play in boys or girls basketball in the twelfth region. Yeah, because they light it up. They shoot it. They play run and gun. Uh, Coach Mold is one of these guys that always has a chip on his shoulder. He, like yeah. he has to have like people doubt them to 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 you know to. And I'm sure they've done looked at our rankings and said, "Oh, yeah. we're back to back region games, rank number two. Yeah, exactly. They will use that. But pro- let's be real about it. I think they're the favorite to win the 12th region. Um. So you can't always play the underdog card. At some point, you got to be the favorite, and you just got to go dominate people. Yeah, yeah, to me, they're on top of the mountain right now, and somebody's going to have to knock them off. Yeah, but they—I uh, love watching them play. I, I will go watch their game as much as possible, just because they're fun and, and they're well. They're, they all are well in sync. They play hard. Uh, Kaylee Young, Kylie—I can't remember. I think it's Kaylee Young. Kaylee Young, yeah. Uh, in scrimmages, I mean, I've seen she's. Been like, 20 points a game and stuff. So, I mean, she's really balling. Yeah, it's kind of like watching, like, Golden State Warriors, in my opinion, because, I mean, like, they move the basketball, they share the basketball, they drive and kick. They they know where each other's going to be at when they drive in the gaps. And, you know, they all they all pretty much seem like they all just do the dirty work, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. So, you know, something I'm seeing here, too, Maybe maybe it's just a thing with girls basketball because he's got six eighth graders pulled up and one seventh grader. But the question I really got for him is on the roster he's got Miss AC as a center, a forward, a power forward, and a small forward. <laughs> Why didn't he just go ahead and list her as athlete? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All out stud. Yeah. She is definitely probably gonna be one of our player conversations of um athlete of the year, you know what I mean? Or player of the year when it, by the end of the season she will have her name in that mix yeah she's a stud volleyball player too not to mention so i mean we got some, there's a couple of girls that's in our region that is really like they're really good at multi-sports i mean yeah, really we, good we did a we did a poor job of trying to cover volleyball and all that stuff but it's so hard to cover everything and um sometimes you just got to stick to what you know <laughs> but um, anyway, that wraps up the 48th. Um, and of course, I, I know I mentioned, I told you guys that Trinity Christian and Somerset Christian are in the region this year. But I think Somerset Christian is only going to be JV, I believe, for girls. Yes, JV only. <laughs> so that means they won't be in varsity. So that, 
That'll leave it up for the 45th district. We, I'll tell you what. Here's how it works with the private schools, and I, we won't say much more than this. The private schools like that, it's really hard to be, to to do homegrown talent. You have to have people enroll, or um, you have to build the same way. Did unless take foreign exchange students away from those programs. Yeah, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. So for those programs to to be able to compete there will have to be kids move in. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll jump to the 47th district now, which will wrap up the last district in the girls' coverage. Uh, we'll start with Somerset, guys. They finished in 19-11 and 11 last year with under coach Cassandra McCorder. Um, and looking at their roster, she probably should have had a couple girls that was mentioned on the watch list because her leading scorer is an eighth grader, uh, Jalen Dye, who – is coming back with 11.9 points per game. Uh, senior Kate Bruner, who's 10.2 points per game. A sophomore Haley Combs, 7.8. And senior Grace Bruner, 12 points per game. So <laughs> um, that's about four yeah. good players there that can yeah. average, you know, put scoring. <laughs> now, her, her leading scorer was a seventh grader last year. Yeah, she's eighth grade. She's eighth grade this year. Eighth grade this year. Yeah. So, so they, yeah. Somerset's going to be my surprise team in the region. Um, I just think we told you saying what you did there. They're young. They find the figure a few things out here and there. I think Somerset will be that team that you look up at the end of the year and they're like, hmm, you know what? So it kind of like they did last year. I mean, they made a little run in the region. Yeah. Yeah. They I'm, won a couple games and, you know, on Lincoln County's floor. But anyway, I'm just, uh, um, I yeah, will leave it. Uh, Leave that to that. But we'll jump now to, let's see, Pulaski County. They were 21 and 10 last season. Uh, they returned uh, a phenomenal player in Sydney Martin, 20 points per game. Um, and Maggie Holt, actually, <laughs> 7.5 points per game. Uh, she was our leading rebounder at 8.9 points per game. So, um, you know, multi sport athletes are. Again, <laughs> recognized for Pulaski County. You know, they're are they favored to win the district? You think? Um, what well, say it again? I, 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 I said, was do you think they're favored? To, do you think they're favored to win the district? Who we Pulaski County? Pulaski County. I'll let you and Chris talk about that for a second while I reply to something. <laughs> well, anyway, they're twenty-one and ten last season. You know, they're they got two pretty good athletes. You know, Sydney. I mean, she. I don't. I don't know what grade she was last year. Let me look at this. Um, Sydney what now? Sydney Martin. Sydney Martin, and she was a sophomore last year. She was a sophomore, so she'll be a junior yeah. this year. She's so. a junior this season, yeah. And, and 20 points per game at, for a girls' team is, I mean, that's that's just phenomenal. Um, yeah. You know, are they going to have anybody that can help contribute? That's that's the thing. You know, it's uh, for Pulaski County, I know they were they were very competitive last year. Um, yes. I didn't watch them very much. I don't think I, I think I've only watched them play one game that I saw. Um, but you know they're going they're going to compete. I think they'll come out of that district. Um, I think they'll compete. I think they'll they'll be. I think they'll have a, a better record than Twitter last year. Yeah, I, I I really believe PC has got a chance of uh, you know really pushing uh, Southwestern. Yeah, you know a few games this season. So. I think start of the year, I think Southwestern will be 
pretty much the dominant in that district, but I think that uh, PC can give them a good matchup by the end of the year. Right. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. I, that district's their district. I get 47th and 48th confused, but, yeah, Southwest, yeah. I think they'll make the district finals um, yeah. and, and, go, and go on to region again. I think they'll be competitive in the region. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to look here at their roster, see if anybody else um, that I can see – I did see that the Ralston girl is not on the roster. Yeah, so that, yeah, they, that's yeah. They're probably you know protesting her as well. Yeah, so that'd be something to watch that we can look forward to. But uh, Chris, we'll jump now to Rockcastle County, who was eleven and seventeen last year. Um, Talon Shear is one of, is a a girl to watch coming up. She's twelve point three points per game last season, and Keely King was twelve point six points per game. She was a forty three percent three point shooter and. Shooting forty three percent behind a three point line is pretty good. Yeah, um, that's pretty better, probably better than some most boys um, shooting. So I thought that was pretty interesting looking at the stats. Um, you know, they, they're consistently good for the girls for the girls team. Am I wrong? Nah, they're pretty they're pretty stout. Uh, I, I think they're a pretty decent team. You know, out of that. At really in the twelfth region, I, I really you know I rank them top five. Yeah, they got it's a it's a tough forty seventh district that they've got. Yeah. You know, as we talked about with um, um, let me see here with forty seven. Yeah, we're talking about Plasky and and when we get to Casey County, um, mm-hmm. that's that's it's a tough district. And I know we've got them ranked. I think well, if I go back and look at this, I think they're ranked in the top five, I believe. Um, so. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how far they come out. I know, you know, Coach Coach Noble, she does a really good job. I think she's been there for quite a while. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is she, she's not the AD there, is she? I, I'm not for sure. You know, but, you know, we'll really see what they're made of. Really, their first four games of the season, you know, they got Madison Central to start. They got South Lowell. Then they yeah. go right to Somerset. Then they got Bull County and Casey County. <laughs> so, you're going to see a lot of 12th region with Rockcastle ladies to start the season yeah that's See where, I mean, kind, of, <laughs> kind of where they stack up so that's like Kentucky schedule rounding up right at the top of the bat yeah but um all right well we got now we'll jump over to who we got left here in the 47th district Casey County if I can find them on my list here Casey County they came in off a 13 and 16 season under coach Tara Weddle um, they got a girl who returning who played 28 games for them last year. Chris, he, she was 12.2 points per game and 8.3 rebounds per game. She shot 47% overall as a shooter. That's for twos and threes. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty accurate. Uh, you know, they always compete, you know, consistently. They're always con- consistently in consideration for one of the top teams in the region for girls. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Coach Tara, she does a pretty good job for what they got. So, you know, I'm going to say this. I heard a story about her is they they went somewhere to a tournament. Yeah. And they got runner-up in the tournament. And the girls were all cheerful whenever they were on the bus on the way back home. And she stopped the <laughs> bus and she, she destroyed the trophy. And she <laughs> said, y'all need to realize we're not playing for second place. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but to me – that's a great coach. I yeah. really like. I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, you don't really hear hear that, you know, around here. But she set the tone real quick on that bus ride home, saying, "Hey, we don't play for second place around here." So I, I see Casey County making some noise. I know if she installs that fight, and the kids believe in her, they'll show that fight too on the court. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's second place. You don't always want to play for second place, but I mean, yeah. I you know, I can see, I can see the kids' point of view, but at the same time, you know, you're yeah. you're fighting for one goal, and you know, I, I believe Casey County they're they're going to end up, you know being one of the top teams in the region again and competing for that district championship. So, And they got, you know, the, the Chloe Dunn, the transfer from Lincoln County that went down yeah. a few years ago. She's a senior guard. She's yeah. always been, a, you know, a pretty decent little player to, you know, to add in with them. So, Yeah, Madison Chancellor, I think, is coming back with five – she was 5.6 points per game and 5.6 rebounds per game. So, that was <laughs> – that's pretty solid numbers there coming back yeah. that they got. So, that's something to build on for them. But, Kenny, you still there, buddy? Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to be the end of our girls' preview here on the 12th Region Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. You're listening to the 12th Region Sports Podcast.